Hi, we're Bridget and Zachary, and you're listening to a special episode of A Walk Across Texas State. Today, our guest is Dr. Joanne Smith. Dr. Smith is the Vice President of Student Affairs at Texas State University. She has been actively working in the field of student affairs for over 40 years. In 2018, she received the Esther Lloyd-Jones Professional Service Award by the American College Personnel Association. She is an inspirational leader to both students and staff here at Texas State, and we're so excited to talk with her today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're going to talk about your career journey. We're going to talk about all of your years at Texas State. Um, We want to start off by talking about your career journey, though. Um, You have a bachelor's in elementary education. Correct. A master's in student personnel and guidance, and then your doctorate is in student personnel administration. Correct. So what we'd like to know is what initially led you to elementary education and what foundation did that provide for your career journey? Well, what started me on the journey to elementary education is that um, my mom, uh, even though she doesn't have a degree, she, she went to college one semester and then they didn't have funds so she couldn't finish. But um, she ended up being a uh, teacher's, kind of like a teacher's aide before a Head Start program. And I did a lot of volunteering with the Head Start program. And um, I also, my sister's five years younger than me. And so I decided I was going to be her teacher. <laughs> so <laughs> I helped her. Um, I really helped her start reading. And uh, so I just decided I wanted to be a teacher. And uh, it made sense. Elementary education seemed to be the, the part I really was interested in. So I went to um, Edinburgh, which was known in Pennsylvania as the Teachers College, similar to Texas State. So, And did you teach before you got your master's degree? I actually did not ever teach in elementary. I did student teaching, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that. And I, I, my intention was to, to do elementary education and be a teacher. I actually moved to um, Kansas mm-hmm. after I graduated and, I, and started looking for teacher jobs. Um, the family I was staying with uh, told me there was uh, uh, there was a local college there, and she told me they were looking for particularly a minority counselor at that time. And she said, why don't you go check it out? And I thought, uh, no. <laughs> I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. I was a, what, what is this college thing? You yeah. Know? So um, you know how things go when you're staying with a family and they're asking you every day, well, did you call them? Did you try to check on it? So, um, so I, you know, I decided I better call. So they stopped asking me, did I call them? So I called them, and it was just kind of a strange situation. It was almost as if um, I had the job. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like it was destined for me to be there. So, um, I mean, literally when I interviewed with them, um, they they said, you know, this is a job that we want you to be in. And I kept telling them, no, I want to teach. I want to be an elementary school teacher. And um, so they kept, I mean, literally kept throwing jobs in with the job. <laughs> so it was minority counselor. And they said, well, you know, we have a learning lab similar to our um, Slack lab here mm-hmm. on campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can work there. Uh, and we'll make you an assistant dean of students. I mean, they just oh, kept, wow. I know. <laughs> I didn't even have a master's at that point, right? Yeah. I just graduated from college. So they kept throwing these things at me, but I kept saying, no, I wanted to be a teacher. So I met with all of the administrators, and um, they gave me a contract. And uh, But I was still holding out for the teacher job. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, literally, they said, okay, we need an answer. They gave me a deadline for an answer. And the day before the answer, I got a teacher's contract in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so I have these two contracts and trying to figure out, okay, now, so what do you do? Which of these jobs did you take? Um, so I called my family. You know, my mom said, look, you're out there on your own, but my family's in Pennsylvania. So they said, uh-uh, well, you, we're not going to make that decision for you, which was, <laughs> which was good. Yeah. And um, so literally, honestly, the thing that made me take the college job was um, it was a little more money. Yeah. And they also threw in an apartment. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So they really wanted you. Yeah. They really did. Well, honestly, I was the only African-American um, staff member at the college. Um, and at I was there 10 years. But for eight of those 10 years, I was the only African-American um, staff member there. But we had a consortium of, there's six schools in that area, all small privates. And then we had a consortium that... Um, so we took our students to each other's schools. And so, I mean, even though I was, quote, the only African-American staff member, it didn't feel like it because we, we were connected with the other schools. So, so it, was a, it was a great learning lab for me. Um, so fortunately, um, they even provided me funds. I worked there a year to get in-state residency, and then they actually helped me, um, provided me some funds to work on my master's they had a, a grant that allowed people to do that. So um, so I really didn't pay anything pretty much for my master's degree. So I got a lot of benefit, but it was a great learning lab. I learned a lot about student affairs. I learned a lot about the university as a, uh, the college as a whole, all the different aspects, the academic side, finance side, the, the um, uh, advancement side. So it, it really was a good opportunity from learning the whole function of a university but also the, all the different areas of, of, um, of the student affairs because eventually I became the director of housing. I was director of the orientation program. So I had about six jobs. Yeah, they kept adding <laughs> on the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> they kept adding jobs and I kept going on and, yeah. and learning a lot. So it was great. And then, of course, I had opportunities to network with a lot of the other schools in Kansas and got uh, was part of the um, uh the the uh, like the basically like the the NASPA groups in Kansas and so I, I was able to get involved in quite a few things while I was there. We're going to talk now about coming to Texas State. So we know that you got here in 1992, right? And as the director of Res Life, and I want to make sure I get this right. So you worked your way up to vice president of student affairs in 2005 after serving in the role on an interim basis. And there were a few promotions in the pathway. So we wanted to learn more about that. How did you gain experience in each role? And um, how did your path go once you got here at Texas State? Okay. Well, actually, I when I came here, I actually was the um, associate director of housing. That was my, that was when I, 1992, January, um, I started, I was the associate director and um, dealt more with the reservation side of the house. And, um, but one of the things I learned from being at a small private is that everybody has to work together. And so one of the things I quickly did was began to make connections with 
different areas of the of the university here just to understand what how they could help us um, in housing um, because pretty much everything impacts the students that live in housing. So I began pretty quickly to make some relationships with people across the campus. Um, and then on April the 1st of 1992, I'll never forget this, the, the director said, came by my office and said, I, I need to see you. I'm about to tell you something that's going to change your life. So, of course, oh, no. <laughs> being new, I'm thinking, oh, my God. I'm, I'm thinking, what did I do? Did I make yeah. mad? I mean, what did I do? You know, and it was just kind of strange that um, I, I just thought the worst. And But he was kind of a jokester, so I should have known April 1st, yeah. you know. Maybe he was just pulling my leg. And so he said, um, he told me he was leaving. And he asked me, would I want to be the director? <laughs> so I said, okay, April 4th. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, I said, come on, really? He said, I, I said, okay. I didn't believe him, you know, he, kinda, he, he was sick, but he was serious. And, and so I thought, well, uh, you know, I just thought about it overnight. And then the next day I came, I said, okay, were you serious about that? <laughs> or were you just pulling my leg? And he said, no, no, I, I'm serious. And so, you know, immediately I thought, well, I've only been here not even three months, you know. And and I thought, well, I mean, it, it really was, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. And I wasn't sure I could do it. I kind of thought I could do it, but, you know, it was just, I wasn't expecting it. So, but it was interesting because a number of people at the university that I had already made contacts with came and, I mean, they just came and said, hey, you you need to you can do this you should do this and um, so it was just kind of I, I didn't realize how many connections I had made just in that short period of time and I, I guess I impressed them <laughs> and so um, so I said I went back and I said oh yeah so then I interviewed with um, with then uh, Dr. Studer who was the vice president of student affairs there and that was interesting because. Um, what he was interested in, I had my, of course, I had my doctorate by that point, and he was interested in starting a master's in student affairs program here at Texas State. And of course, you have to have a doctorate to be able to teach in that program. So um, my whole interview with him wasn't even about the director of housing. <laughs> <laughs> it was about, hey, I'm, I want, I'm trying to start this master's program. <laughs> Would you be willing to teach in the program? Because he was trying to find some faculty, people mm-hmm. to be faculty members. And um, so that was my interview with him. We, we <laughs> talked briefly about housing. Um, but I guess with my background, of course, I came in from Arizona State, too. So, I, you know, I've been in housing there. Um, I wasn't director there, but I, I've been in housing there for five and a half years. And then, of course, all my experience at, uh, at uh, McPherson. Um, so needless to say, I, I got promoted to being the director on July 1st of that year. And um, so, of course, did that, and uh, it was a great opportunity. I had great staff um, working in housing and enjoyed it and, again, met a lot more people and then um, made a lot of connections. And then in 2000, um, uh, a woman that was preceded me as the associate vice president had come from Arizona State, so I knew her back then. And uh, she did a lot of work with assessment, which I was interested in, did a lot of work with assessment at housing. And um, so she left. (laughs) 
And so Dr. Studer had told all of us directors that he wanted to talk with us about, well, who, who, who might he look for to be in that position? Of course, we're all thinking outside, you know. So everybody had interviewed, had talked with him except me. And, you know, I was kind of a little bold. I said, well, how come he doesn't call me? You know, what's up with that? And um, so I was the last person he talked to. And I told him, I said, how come I'm the last person that you talked to? And he said, well, because everybody I talked to said you should do the job. <laughs> and I, you know, I said, oh, really? He said, oh, yeah, you know. We, we had developed a really good relationship. Um, I, it just wasn't anything I was thinking about because um, I really loved housing. And um, so it, it took me a little bit to think about that because I was – you know, housing was kind of my bait. My, I've done, I had done housing all my career. And so, you know, but uh, some of the staff pushed me also and said, yeah, you know, we'll miss you. But, you know, I, and, I, and then he said, well, you're still going to be, I'm still going to have them, you working with them. Um, you know, I, I wasn't directly reporting to them, but he basically had me reporting, had them reporting to me. Um, so then I got promoted to the, associate vice president and was in charge of the housing. And at that point, we had admissions and financial aid with us. Um, so I, I did a lot of work with, with that as well. So actually, my title was associate VP and director of enrollment management, but also then started um, um, supervising the police department as well. That was part of the, the job for the associate VP. Um, so I did that, and then... Um, then in 2005, uh, Dr. Studer and I met with the, uh, Dr. Trouth, and um, she, you know, we talked a little bit about, she said she was looking at maybe creating a, an enrollment management uh, area under the provost's office. And so we were like, oh. So then we understood then that, well, that would mean admissions and financial aid would go to be with the enrollment management area. And... Um, so we thought, oh, okay, well, thought about that a little bit. Then I got asked to come back and meet with her just individually, which I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you know, so then I met with her, and she asked me a lot of questions about the role management, about retention, because a lot of my background and work had been in retention, student success, how to help connect students and get them engaged. So I talked a lot more about that, obviously, because that was more of my love than necessarily the enrollment management side. So, um, so then I, uh, maybe a week went by, and then she called me back in again, and then she told me that's when she said, "Well, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm Dr. Studer is going to go help." Oh, we had athletics also within student affairs. We had everything in student affairs, but um, um, so she said she was going to move athletics under her, which basically at that point, that was pretty much the norm. Everybody, athletics was reporting to the presidents. So that made sense. And um, so she said she was going to have Dr. Studer help transition the, the financial aid and the missions folks and athletics into these different areas. And then she said, well, I'm interested, would you be interested in serving as the interim vice president for student affairs? And I, you know, I was like, wow. Uh. 
So, I mean, I didn't think about it long because, you know, what do you tell with the yeah. president? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I, so I said, yes, I would do that job. And I, I thought maybe it was a just a short-term thing while Dr. Studer transitioned these folks. And um, I said, well, then Dr. Studer would be coming back. And she said, well, no, he's not going to come back. He's going to then go and be a, the full-time uh, uh, teacher as part of the master's program. I said, okay. So she said, yeah, we'll just do a national search. And I said, okay. So um, that started in January of uh, 2005. And and so I, I, you know, I started the job and I thought, oh, this is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew more than I thought I knew. Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, so it, it really wasn't that big of a change because I'd already been working so much with other people. Um, that it seemed like a natural fit for me, and um, so then in two, and then in um, in the spring, uh, no, it was in the fall of two thousand five. Uh, we had a big student issue going on on campus, and um, I basically handled that situation. I think I handled it well, and um, then the, the search committee was, had been formed and. The, so the chair of the search committee came to me and he said, well, I think you need to be the permanent vice president. I don't know why we're doing this search. And I'm going, okay, now look. <laughs> <laughs> don't put my, I'm not involved in any of yeah. this. <laughs> and for me, I'm not, you know, this is not yeah. something that I'm going to be, I'm not pushing either way. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, would, would you want to keep the job? I said, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind keeping a job, but, you know, that's not the way things work around yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so <clears throat> uh, next thing I knew, um, I talked with Dr. Trout and she asked me what I, consider being a permanent vice president and so I said yes I would and so that's how I became the vice president so in essence I've had what three promotions yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's always tell people it's strange this is not the path the way things typically go yeah don't get three promotions in one place (laughs) you know so I literally interviewed maybe once Mm -hmm. technically (laughs) Um, but it's been a great ride it's been a great journey and Texas State is just a wonderful place to work and all of the, you know, we, Dr. Supple, who was our, was the, was the president when I came, really started building this whole idea of continuous uh, improvement and collaboration. And uh, fortunately, Dr. Trout came right in and, and with, and that was part of her philosophy as well. So it just worked out great. And it's been a wonderful opportunity to collaborate with each other and really get a lot of things done and make the, make the campus feel small to students, which sure. is, which is really what our goal was. Yeah. So I wanted to read you this quote. Um, this is when you were announced as the um, vice president uh, going from the interim status to the, the full-time status. Um, and Dr. Chow said, throughout this period, I have been incredibly impressed with Dr. Smith's ability. I have full confidence in the leadership she provides, and I have come to the conclusion that I cannot imagine a stronger candidate will emerge through the search project process so i mean that those are really strong words on your appointment i forgot about that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the the question off of that is i really wanted to kind of dig into your leadership style and um you know you really have this essence about you that is it's confident but you're very approachable and i wanted to ask you um what's your general philosophy of leadership and then how do you personally lead others well my general philosophy is that you know when you when you look for a staff and you hire staff you're assuming that that person is going to do the job, has the ability to do the job. So uh, 
Um, my my philosophy is okay. Here's the job. Here's the things. Here's the goals that we're trying to achieve. So I like to turn people loose and let them figure that out, and then do the job. Now, um, I'm, I am more of a, what I would call a situational leadership leader in that some people need a little more, uh, a little more direction than others. And so I think the key thing is on the front side is to set up what those goals need to be and talk about what needs to happen in order for you to achieve those goals. What do you need to have in order to achieve those goals? Um, and so I'm not a micromanager at all because um, I don't want to be micromanaged. And so I, I really um, try to make sure that people know what they need, know how to, how to go about what they need, and, and I'd like for them to ask me questions. Um, so I like to have discussions with people about that. How do we get to the goals that we need to get to, but also provide them a lot of information about things that they need in order to make decisions about how they need to do their work. So I like to, um, I, I like for people to be able to, to, to figure out how to do their job in a way that um, will achieve the goals that they have. Uh, but also the idea of collaboration and and people feel it trusting that they can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because uh, I mean we're we're colleagues. Somebody has to be the leader, obviously. But I, I come at it more from a, we're colleagues trying to get a job done, and um, I'm a very extroverted person. Um, so I make I, I I make connections easily. Um, so I like for people to feel like I'm with them and not over them, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's been more on my leader. And it's work, I mean, it just has worked well. All the, all the, work, all the work I've done up to this point, um, that style has worked well for, for, the, for the positions I've been in. So um, I've just kind of honed that as. But I'm genuinely interested in what we're trying to achieve. And so um, it, that makes it easy to connect with people. But I do have, I think I have that ability to connect with people pretty quickly at all levels. And that's the other thing that's important is everybody is important. Everybody's job is important. So um, I've always made it a point to try to get to know as many people as I can. Um, so a lot of the activities we have here with the, um, the different community building things that we do. Um, it's important to work as a team. Everybody has to feel a part. Yeah. I, I don't remember who I was talking with one time about you all positive, but they were saying they knew of a student who was at an activity that you were working at. I think they might've been a student worker and you were talking with them and they didn't know who you were. Right. And it wasn't until later that they found out who you were and the student was so impressed because, you know, I think oftentimes leaders can put on airs or whatever and just that down to earth approachable nature is really incredible. And though I, I haven't been in student affairs very long, just about four years now, um, I've really appreciated that leadership style. That being said, um, oftentimes when people hear the, the term or students hear the term student affairs, they don't know the whole spectrum of that field and the impact that it can have. So we were hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about what should student affairs be in higher education? Well, what I tell people is that student affairs is pretty much everything outside the classroom. Um, and then and then they kind of look at you and they, I say things, 
services that are going to be provided to you that assist you in learning how to live your life and how to be a, a, a whole person. Um, so then, of course, I start rattling off counseling, uh, career services, um, uh, student diversity inclusion, uh, LBJ, and then you go, all of that? <laughs> I say, yes, all of that is student affairs. Yeah, I wish there was a, it's it's not a I mean it's not something people rolls off your tongue and you think you know that you think about when you hear the term and some people joke of course student affairs all like affairs the students have <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> but um, but once you start outlining the different uh, components of it then they understand it so I, I've always wanted to f- figure out a way that people would really understand what it is when you hear it. Um, but we haven't come up with another good way yet to talk about it. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. Some people use student services um, and across the country. So, you know, I don't know if, if that makes a difference or not because then people go, well, what kind of services? So that may be a better term, honestly, than student affairs, but that's just a tradition of, of, of our profession. Um, but, yeah, people, until when I meet with the parents in the summertime, uh, door orientation and we talk about student affairs and then outline the areas and they kind of start nodding so um, you know even families don't know what the heck student affairs is they kind of look at you what what is that um, but I think um, um, we you know we try to display what that is and and uh, but it, it is a, a term that's a little more difficult for people to wrap their heads around it, unless they've well, even to those that have been in the university for a while, not sure. But once you tell them the different areas, then they, they kind of get it. Yeah. The other thing that you have, you know, talked about a lot is the culture of care. Yes. So can you tell us more about where that philosophy came from and um, how you've attempted to implement it here? Well, you know, I knew, um, I don't remember when, but Somebody asked me, well, you know, what's your philosophy going to be with student affairs? And uh, the one thing that Dr. Uh, Trouth had told me when I became the vice president was that um, she wanted the student affairs to focus primarily on retention and helping students be successful. And so um, as I thought about that, um, you know, of course, you know, we do theory to practice. And so I was really trying to think what is the what theories make sense to really push forward in terms of getting people to rally around this idea of student retention. I've done retention all the my whole career actually. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the programs that we started here, I actually did when I was in my first job at McPherson. Um, of course, it was a smaller school, and people said, "Well, you can't do that at, at a big place." It's too big. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of figuring it out. So as I started thinking about theories, um, Nancy Schlossberg's theory of mattering and marginality is something that really resonated with me uh, strongly and always has in terms of making sure students matter and whatnot. And, um, and then the idea of how do you take care of people? So taking care of students, helping them matter, not having them feel marginalized. Um, I thought, oh, let me think, what, you know, what, what can I use to rally around this whole theme of care and mattering? And, and I actually, um, actually picked this up from the medical field uh, because they talk about culture, care, 
And I thought, oh, okay. And so I, I just did a little more research around that the concept and thought, you know, th- we can apply this to, to what we're talking about. And it may be something people always want to care for each other. Um, it may be something that could resonate with people quickly um, when you're talking about this whole area of, of retention and helping students be successful. So, so I just started putting some things together and uh, taking other ideas from, from the readings of student affairs and just it all just seemed to fit together, you know, um, be, the whole person, making sure sense of belonging, uh, care, all of those terms seemed to resonate around the theme that I was coming up with. So I just put it together and started it with us, and um, it has really resonated with the whole university. I mean, I hear other divisions talking about cultures of care, and I thought, yes, yeah. I did it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of the first things that we teach our student workers. Uh-huh. On day one, mm-hmm. we talk to them about culture of care and what right. that means. So, I mean, it really has it's, kind of expanded all across yeah, the university. It's amazing. Right. It has. So I feel really good of, if I don't do anything else, that's the one thing I can leave the university <laughs> with. You know, I think this whole concept of culture of care, student success, you know, and we've, of course, expanded that to uh, 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 retention through graduation um, because it really has to be the whole spectrum of from the freshman year up through the senior year and even into the graduate year. You know, it's important. Yeah, I you know, in, in your leadership style, I really see that resonate through from the very beginning when you were telling us about elementary education and really caring about others in that way, that it's just walked that whole path. And even, you know, when you first came in, just making connections with people that, you know, making connections that made a difference because you cared. And that's just, I love that. Um, the next topic we wanted to bring up was, um, you know, we're developing student leaders across the board. And um, originally I was in ministry before I came into higher affairs or uh, higher education. Um, and one of the reasons that I did that was because I loved seeing students use their just natural gifts and talents to kind of live into the calling that they had on their life, whether it was, you know, to go in the medical field or whatever, um, or, you know, ministry or whatever. Um, and so as we've kind of perpetuated that here in career services, we are always encouraging students that they can be leaders and they can use their gifts. They can use their experiences to, you know, continue to lead the nation. So we were wondering, you've been in student affairs for a long time and you've seen multiple generations of students come through and each generation brings their own unique skills. So what skills, what um, attributes do you see in the current generation of students? Well, I, you know, the one big change uh, and thing that's different, I think, for this particular generation is all of the the technology. Um, I mean, it's just so huge. It's amazing how we've changed. I mean, you know, good lord, I, I used to uh, I used to have to go use microfish to find information. <laughs> you know, my my husband and I uh-huh. were just talking about my my set of encyclopedias I had when I was growing <laughs> up, and now. That was my source of information, and now it's it's so huge that uh, technology is out there. My only concern about that is um, I'm seeing that the some of the people skills aren't necessarily being developed as much, um, and so um, um, that's the thing that I think we can bring to this is is to the technology is great, the information flow is great, the good ideas and how to do things is great. 
but but I, I don't want us to lose that people skill part. Um, and uh, because again, from a, again, if you're looking at it from a care standpoint, caring a lot goes hand in hand with that um, interaction with each other and and understanding how 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 feelings play into decisions and and all of that. So um, so that's the piece that I hope we can continue to work on um, with our students is that. I don't care. The technology is great, but the people skills is going to take you the furthest. You have to be able to interact with each other, and and you have to be able to lead with with caring and feeling, and and help people uh, advance that way. So that that's the one thing I think that I I want I want us to continue to work on with. No, I don't care any generation because I really think that people skill is critical. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, and thank you for everything you've done for Student Affairs and Texas State as a whole. We have one more question for you. Um, you're retiring at the end of this semester in a month, I believe. In a month. Um, so you have one <laughs> month left. When you look back at your um, your career, you've spent 28 years here at Texas State. Yeah. Um, what accomplishment or accomplishments are you most proud of? Wow. Well, again, I think this whole concept is uh, the Helping, helping the campus still have that small feel, even though we're big, um, and having people feel like they connect with us in, in, in that human way um, is important. I tell you, when those, when those alums come back and they come find you, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and tell you the impact you had that you didn't even know you had, uh, I mean, that is, <laughs> that's the absolute best feeling is that you did your job. Because I really feel like at this level, there has to be somebody who, this is the last stopping point before you're kind of out there. Mm-hmm. And I think if they don't get this kind of skills they need here, then, then they're not going to be successful out in, the, in a career world. So um, I feel like we've made, made that connection with, with a lot of our alums. Um, and they understand what it is they need to do to, to not only be good on their job, but also to represent us well. Okay. So I think that's huge. Um, I mean, we've all of the buildings that we have here on campus that uh, we've been, I've been able to help uh, work through. Um, I mean, the LBJ Student Center, all the expansion. I was just thinking of this the other night. You know, we had campus recreation, the expansion there. We did that. Uh, the Student Health Center, of course, housing. Oh my gosh, yeah. housing has exploded here. Um, uh, but you know, though all of those things are great. But the biggest thing I think is that whole idea of that collaboration is key and that, you know, we have to help students be successful. I think that's the the one thing that I've, if I had to pick one thing that I feel um, that I've had a hand in is just helping people understand how critical it is to help students, any student. I said, if you're selected here at Texas State, you should be able to graduate. So whatever we can do to help them do that, that's important. Absolutely. I think we've done that. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Bridget, do you have anything else before we... You're extra. Yeah, we we do have an extra question for you. (laughs) Okay. So when you were at the symposium, you were talking about your musical abilities. Oh, yeah. And both Zachary and I are musicians. Oh, So I first question, I'm curious what part you sing in choir. Alto. Nice. (laughs) Do you sing like first or second or... Either. Nice. And yep. you've done that for a long time too. Oh yes, yes, very, very much so. Now I'm not a solo. I don't. I'm not the soloist type person, but I 
harmony. I can hear harmony so quickly. I mean, every time I hear a song, I can hear the harmony. And so, yeah, yeah. My husband's like, oh, you're like a rich alto. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just start singing the alto part, you know. So, yeah, music has, from elementary school on, I've always done music. And, of course, I play handbells. I played that for many years. And so, and I play the piano as well. So, So beautiful grand piano in my house. Really? Oh, Baby grand. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about handbells, too, because I had handbells. I had two friends who played handbells at my wedding. Oh, So cool. we were talking about, like, the range of handbells. So we were oh, curious, yeah. which handbell do you play? Well, actually, I uh, more recently, I've, I've done the bass pretty much the from um, um, middle C down um, is more of my specialty. But I can play them all, but middle C down tends to be. I would, I'm, I'm kind of the middle C, B, B minus person they always give me that music because there's a lot of there's a lot of music that has those notes in it you know so I, I'm a really good sight reader I can pretty much run through something once and yeah. be, be ready to go I'm a percussionist so sight reading uh, is not <laughs> we used to I was a music education major when I started oh, out in college okay. and um, okay. jury's the worst thing like oh, my, yeah. my prepared pieces were fine and then sight reading came up and I sweat oh, bullets yeah. you know yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Especially they put me on the marimba and, you know, you're a percussionist. Uh, yeah. It's rhythms all day. And then you're <laughs> yeah. like, what are these notes? Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, yeah, I can I can pick out. I can singing as well. Yeah. And sight read really well. That's Yeah, I don't have that talent at all. <laughs> at all. I remember I, I auditioned for some choir, like a, a senior special choir. <laughs> Again, prepared piece. Yeah. And sight music, I was like just making stuff up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think like 10 seconds they were in. They were like, I've, okay. we've heard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Phi Mu Alpha in undergrad as well. Oh, and that's okay. my fraternity. And so uh-huh. and lots of singing, lots of acapella. We'd go everywhere and sing. Right. But um, we would have rehearsals after um, after our chapter, which I always tell. I worked in FSL before career services, and anyone complained about chapter. And I was like, well, after chapter, we used to have to rehearse for an hour. <laughs> yeah, so right. I think you can deal with yours. Yeah. Um, but I'd always have to pull you know, my brothers aside and be like, can we go over the music one more time? Because... <laughs> I play drums. I oh, did not yeah, get right, any of this. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, I was singing with the San Antonio Choral Society for many years, um, but when I became VP, it, it I had to, you know, had to kind of sit back on that. It was just too many surprises that happened that, you know, you can't make rehearsals, so I decided to drop out of that, but my husband and I are anxiously waiting to get back in, so. Yeah my next step so you'll have to tell us when your next concert yeah is. i will yeah. i will we'll do take that. a student awesome. affairs trip yeah yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll do we'll do all right thank you so much all Dr. right Smith. Thank, thank you guys you. this was fun a walk across texas state is produced and edited by zachary webb and student producer zach blue music by richard hall for free resources and additional information about our services head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at TXSTCareers. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.